What's up, y'all? My name is Ian Edwards, and welcome to Soccer Comic Rant. And man, uh, if you thought Gerard Piquet was having a rough day uh, after Shakiro dropped that song, hitting him with every bar possible about him cheating on her and her being way above him, and she's a wolf, well, you don't want to be a Chelsea fan. You'd rather be Gerard Piquet. But uh, we're going to talk about the Premier League game that just happened between Chelsea and Fulham, West London rivalry, and what's going to be the repercussions for Graham Potter going forward. We're going to flash back to yesterday when Man City went up against Southampton and couldn't handle them. And we're going to flash forward to what's coming up this weekend. we got two big derbies. And uh, the... the the Arsenal versus Spurs and the Manchester Derby. So we're going to get into all those things. Uh, so uh, follow me on Instagram at Ian Edwards Comic. And I have a show this weekend at the Creek in a Cave in Austin, uh, January 13th and 14th. But let me introduce uh, uh, Lee Hudson, stand-up comic from England, uh, Southampton fan. He's wearing his shirt. What up, Lee? Hey, I'm all good. You know I wear this when we lose as well. I wore it after we lost to Forest. <laughs> yeah, the other yeah, week. yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you're gonna wear, no. if you're gonna wear it when you lose, you might as well wear it when you win. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, I'm, I'm all good for obvious reasons. I'm concerned mm-hmm. about other members of the podcast tonight. <laughs> um, but uh, no, no, all good. And then we also have we haven't seen him in a long time, but we got Martin. Harris, actor, you see him on Stranger Things in uh, Amsterdam, the movie that had a bunch of stars in it. And uh, he's a Spurs fan, so it's good to have him on for the Derby. But why are you really here, Martin? Because we haven't seen I'm you. Here, I'm here all for the Chelsea today. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you're not a Chelsea fan, so why would you be here for all for the Chelsea? I don't understand. I'm a Chelsea anti fan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're here to see Neil squirm. All right, that's good. And Neil ain't here. And that we want to talk about the Chelsea game first, which like, all right, let's push it a little bit. Let's push it to see if he's going to join. I think he is. He's just a little late. But uh, let's talk about yesterday right quick since we have the opportunity. We're, we're talking about EFL Cup <laughs> and, and some team that somebody roots for on this panel is in the semifinals. I don't know if you could guess who it is. And they had to do some giant (laughs) killing to get there, but they somehow did it after going through a terrible run. And they have a brand new coach who's coaching above his level. So everybody says, and so even the fans thought until yesterday, he shut everybody up, him and his team. And Jenna Pro shut me up with a wonder goal. How how are you feeling about that game yesterday? Beating Man City, 2-0, shutting them out. And uh, I just want to take some credit as a Manchester United fan for that win that you got. Because <laughs> here's the deal. The, the team that they fielded was because they got to play us in the derby on the weekend. So the starting 11 was, you know, kind of like a tamer starting 11. But then they ended with their starting eleven that they're probably going to start against us with. But then you also 
did us a favor by making them put those players into the game and put some wear and tear on their legs when you guys went up 2-0 and Pep was desperate to win the game. So you gave us a favor, but then you won. So then also this weekend, they might be angry as shit <laughs> and we might bear the repercussions of that. But congratulations, how are you feeling? I'm still in shock, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've made no secret of the fact that, you know, the performances, especially like post-World Cup under Jones, have been diabolical. The loss to Brighton was downright depressing. Um, when I went to watch us against Forest last week on the Wednesday night, um, was one of the worst games I've ever seen Southampton play live. Like, it was even as depressing as the 9-0s. Um, yeah even though it was only a one nil, like playing against, you know, one of the other worst teams in the league and not even having a single shot on target was just awful to watch. And then Palace at the weekend, we didn't play great, but we somehow got the win. We managed to get two easy goals out of them. Um, so at least that built some confidence, but I had no, I mean, I think I ended the podcast on, on Sunday night by saying pray for Southampton. Uh, and I mean, thank you. Glad my prayers did, uh, worked. You're welcome. Bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks everyone who went to church for us. Because, um, yeah, that performance was, like I said, I wasn't expecting it at all. And, um, you know, credit to Nathan Jones. He's been getting a lot of criticism from a lot of people, including me. Um, but tactically, he got it He got it right. I mean, the Forest game, we played with a back three, a back five. We played with three centre-backs. Um, against Palace at the weekend, we went back to a back four. Against um, Man City, we went, we went back to a back four again. And... It worked. Everything tactically did work. Um, you know, we didn't sit in and try and contain City. We went at them. We tried to press them. We tried to get in their faces. Um, and it was organized. The team actually looked organized. They were fighting. They were working their asses off. Um, and, I mean, we've, we've been really lacking goals recently. Like, all of our goals have been coming from mistakes from the opposition or from set pieces. Um Whereas these were two good goals. The cross from Lianco that Mara just swept in with the first touch on the first goal was a, was a high-quality finish. Mm. Uh, and then Gineppo, I mean, he saw it and he went for it. And he got it. He couldn't have got it any more right if he tried. Um, like, that was a beautiful goal. And then even at 2-0, though, like, I've seen us waste leads. And I looked at their bench and I was like, oh, De Bruyne, Mares, <laughs> Haaland, like, all these guys. <laughs> I was like, we're, they're going to bring, they're going to throw these guys on at half time. They're going to score one early. We're going to crumble. We're going to lose. That was how I saw it going because I've been hurt too many times in the past by my team in winning <laughs> positions. Um, but, you know, we rode it out and I think Jones picked a really good time to switch to a back five. Um, the team was getting tired. Man City was starting to get a little bit of a foothold and he went to a back five and, we saw the game out. We defended well. They didn't have a single shot on target. There was one close when Alvarez slid on the end of a cross, and but his shot was going well wide and it hit Salisu, I think it was, and then went towards the keeper and the keeper just fell on it. But, you know, Pep's first ever loss in a domestic trophy court final game. Um, so, you know, records are being broken. Um, Nathan Jones, to his credit, he was he was not magnanimous towards the fans in the interviews afterwards. Um, he was he was looking for a fight um, <laughs> afterwards, um, and you know I kind of like that. Uh, I kind of like that attitude. Why? Well, what did he say? Um, he was. I've been getting a lot of criticism. People have been saying this. People have been saying that. And you know I've shut these people up. And 
um it's like you know you're not really building a relationship with the fans by doing that but i kind of like yeah, it yeah yeah um but you've got yeah, to have that hunger the next time that you fight. lose you, it's good yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you know the rules now you now you got to keep yeah. winning yeah I mean, that's what losing. i was going to follow up with yeah, I'm, I'm yeah that's what I was going to follow up with. This 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 result is meaningless if we do nothing against Everton on on the weekend because I, I mean cup games are nice and it's nice to win these games and it's nice to have a cup run if we could make it to a cup final that'd be amazing. I don't think we'll get past Newcastle over two legs, but we'll see. Um, but I don't care about this ultimately. Like we need to stay in the Premier League. The club needs to stay in the Premier League, and if we beat Palace in the FA Cup and then beat Man City in the Carabao Cup but then we lose to Everton and then we lose the game after that which I think is Villa or Brentford or something if we lose those games and we're screwed in the league then this means nothing so it gives us a good chance of gaining some confidence to then go and do it in the league but we need to do it so I mean I'm feeling better than I was a week ago but it means nothing unless we go out and and turn it into league performances because we need points and we need them desperately um, but Orsic came off the bench for his debut. Alcaraz, the new Argentinian midfielder who Benfica and Inter and a couple of other clubs were looking at, he got unveiled on the pitch before the game. So there's people in. There's apparently more, a couple more transfers on the way as well. So yeah, I mean, I'm feeling a bit better. I'm still got some pessimism in there, but you know, we'll see what happens at the weekend. Because uh, if we end up going to Everton and getting beat up there, then I'm immediately rock bottom again. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Speaking of rock bottom, I just want to introduce Neil Shakovati, stand-up comic and Chelsea fan. Uh, we were worried hey. when you didn't join the podcast right away, but we, we're glad you're here and uh, still alive. You look like you just came back from cussing out the entire Chelsea team. That's why you were late. Chaffing near my house is almost as bad as Chelsea. Shambles. Let me give my little verdict about Southampton. So here's mm-hmm. what I would have to say. There, there are ways. There are a couple of different ways to be uh, to leave the party. You know, you can be kicked out of the party. You can you can be uh, you can just leave quietly, or you can leave uh, while leaving a good impression. And I think that's what Southampton is doing. Uh, you know, because it reminds me kind of of uh, what happened to Wigan when Wigan Athletic won the FA Cup and they were relegated in the same season. So it has, uh, I would say that we can experience written all over uh, that story. I really want Southampton to win the cup and I, I will root for Southampton win, to win the cup. But I think with that uh, particular roster, I don't think they can stay in the Premier League. And I'm saying that without any um, smirkiness or being uh, trying to to, uh, to be here, uh, you know. You're not uh, being a troll. I just think that, and I, I've said it from, for a while, that, that Southampton just doesn't have a good enough team. And it finally caught up with them. I, I, I think me and uh, Lee have different opinion about Hasenhutl. For me, he was the guy to stay with because unless you upgrade and you find someone no. better, you don't downgrade. You don't downgrade. Hasenhutl is a very good manager. And it's just at some point, it, you know, he didn't have enough to work with. I feel like uh, the um, front office let, let him down because those signings uh, that were made, including like Armstrong, for example, were not a very good signings and they were not enough signings. Maybe five, six, seven, eight years ago, that would be enough. But now the competition is way more. Like the other teams are really bringing, you know, great players. And just Southampton didn't buy enough. Plus, 
the manager that uh, they hired for Hasenhutl isn't at the Hasenhutl level. Uh, he could he could be a good guy and and maybe try to I don't know to have a relationship with players, a different type of relationship because Hasenhutl maybe he was uh, sometimes uh, a little strange in the way he uh, he acted. But uh, on the tactical level, I think Hasenhutl was far superior. And uh, you rather, in the relegation battle, you rather go with an experienced manager uh, versus the inexperienced manager because the experienced manager, in in a very tough moment, can can handle that. I don't think inexperienced manager can. So you're saying they should have fired Hasenhutl after the season ended? Uh, yep, they should have parted after, with after they survived. Them from, they should and they should have bought better. Uh, that's no, what he, I'm saying. The team is so, I agree with some of this. Um, the transfer win- the past few transfer windows haven't been good enough. Um, there's no escape in that. And the squad this year is weak. Hasenhutl should have gone in the summer. The, player, the, the existing players didn't like him. He had become cold. He'd become distant. Our record, I've, I've, I've said this before on the podcast, that our points per game for 2022 as a calendar year, 0.86. And Nathan Jones was only in charge for three of those games. So Hasenhutl was averaging less than a point per game, which is diabolical. That's relegation form. Um, he, he had, his time had come to an end. He'd done, he'd done a good job in, in spells, but his journey had ended. It should have ended in the summer. They waited too long. Players wanted him gone in the summer because he had just he'd stopped communicating. Um, I think we should have hired better than Jones, so I agree on that front. And I agree we should have strengthened the squad better. They're trying to put you know, Band-Aids over the squad now with some signings, and it, that could work out. It depends who else they get through the door, but it's all giving us a chance. But that's all it is. It's a chance. Right now, we're bottom of the league. We're, you know, on merit. We're the worst team in the league. We need to we need to turn that around. I don't know if we can, I, but I feel better about it now than I did a week ago. Because after the Forest game, I was ready to call the season there and, and be like, yeah, we're done. Um, I didn't see anything in that game that suggested we had anything about us that could keep us in this league. Um, but you know, there's, there's a glimmer of hope, but again, like I say, I reserve opinion until after the Everton game, because it means nothing all this last week of cup games. If, if we don't get the points and yeah, I mean, gun to the head right now, gun to the head right now. I would, I would still say relegation right now. I feel, I feel like you guys need to make a big signing, you know, like on loan at least from, from one. They just made some. No, no, but like in terms of like someone who is really a difference maker uh, from a. We just we 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 just signed a guy who scored a hat trick against Tottenham. So I mean, he, I mean, we know he can do it against the smaller teams. But yeah, that was that was when Mourinho was the coach. I remember that game against Dinamo Zagreb for uh, one of the the Zagreb teams. But no, yeah, but I mean, I, he's, what I mean, he scored. He scored against West Ham in Europa. He scored against Chelsea in the yeah, Champions League okay. under Tuchel this okay, season. So you need to sign someone huge, you know, like like two. We we can't sign someone yeah. huge. We're Southampton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, get, we we example, we, get, just signed, like, we just signed. We just we just signed a forward who scored in the World Cup. Like get, get like Matt Cominay or get like a guy like um, who. Who's not playing for Liverpool uh, on a regular basis? McCominay's not saying, a defense maker. <laughs> you no, you no, were saying we should sign McTominay. But, but we've, we've won love for, for the rest of the season, you know? We've just, we've just signed a guy with World Cup and Champions League goals to his name. Like, that's that's a move in the right direction. He wasn't really, and, a, he wasn't really a, a top player on the Croatia team, you know? I watched, but that's, I did you see the goal he scored against Morocco? <laughs> uh, that's he scored against... He scored against Brazil in the shootout as well. He was calm. He got an assist in that game in the for the equaliser as well. So this is a guy with experience of the top level. And that's 
the best we can hope for. We're linked with a striker who scored 10 goals in 15 games for Lorient in, in Ligue 1. So he's potentially a good addition if we can get him. It's it's the best we can do. Um, you know, we 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 have a level. There's a certain type of player we can attract. I don't want to sign some washed up player that can't get in a top side who's just going to come and go through the motions. I don't want to, I don't want a Deli Alley. I don't want someone like that. I no, want Deli, that but, are hungry. Aguero. Would you sign an Aguero? Yes, no? He just signed for some club in Ecuador. No, 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 He's but signed. I'll give you an example. That level of a player who is not good enough maybe to play for City anymore, but who could score some goals. Who has heart conditions? <laughs> we can't. Can. Yeah, we're, we're not, I, we're I not the team just, for heart conditions I see, right now. I see, but, what I see what you're saying, Mark. Like, the person they should sign just left them a season ago to join Villa. And it's like they couldn't keep on to him. Like, you, you need those goals. Right, but... <laughs> I think Martin's talking about like some superstar who's winding down his career, like you know, like us, maybe a Cavani or a Suarez, some somebody like that, or someone, or even, someone. Even, even like what Wolves did with Diego Costa. But you know, that's not been working great. Yeah, Cavani would be good. Does someone like that have the hunger for a relegation battle? Someone like Cavani would have been great, but he's, I mean, he's a I don't, Valencia, I don't think now, he, and he's he's doing well. He, yeah, I don't think he would have been in a relegation battle with Cavani. He would have scored a bunch of goals. You guys what about like Hudson Odoi from Chelsea? Or people like that, no? Who? Loftus-Cheek, like the guys like that who are not playing for major teams. I mean, yeah, Hudson, he's Hudson, injured. Hudson. That's the reason why he's not playing. So, Where's Hudson? Hudson is at Leverkusen. Leverkusen, oh. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm so pretty sure... I'm pretty sure our scouting team have considered these things and I'm, I'm happy with the business we've done so far. I'll, I'll be happy if we get a couple more in because I don't think it's enough at the moment, but... Orsic is like pretty much the best we can do right now. Like his CV is like the best we can hope for. Um, so we'll see. But I mean, like I say, guns to the head, I still think at the moment we'll go down because we're bottom of the league and we haven't done anything in the league yet to suggest it. But there's hope after after yesterday. There's some more hope. Not much, but well, some. Well, listen, man, great win. It was great to see Man City lose yesterday in time they lose. I feel better. Uh, it shows that they're not mm-hmm. invincible, but also, the, you know, they're going to come back firing at us on the weekend. But we're going to get to that. Right now, we're going to talk about Chelsea and pull the shaft of the blade out of Neil's back and then tie a tourniquet around the part where the <laughs> blood is coming out and try to solder it with a hot iron closed and see if we could save his life. So Chelsea mm-hmm. played. Chelsea played Fulham. And here's the thing. If you're Graham Potter and it ain't been going great, mm-hmm. you can't lose to your is it your West London rival, Fulham, mm-hmm. who is kind of below you in stature. You also can't lose to a team that has only beat you once in 31 Premier League games. You also can't let an ex-player who Neil has no respect for <laughs> William score on you. You also can't lose to a team that doesn't have their best scorer, Mitrovic. And you also can't let someone who hasn't scored since he's been in the Premier League for Fulham and since they got him, Vinicius, score on you. And all those things that you can't do, Chelsea let happen. And you also, the last thing you can't do when you're playing Fulham is let... <laughs> Your brand new loan signing, 
get a red card in the middle of the game and end the game with 10 men. And if you wrote those on a list, Chelsea checked them all off and they lost to Fulham. How are you feeling, bro? You watched it to talk us through it. I mean, it's just been a continuation in terms of like, it's just going from bad to worse. <laughs> so I, I don't know like what to, what new to say today that I haven't already said. Is It's just that we, I, I, again, like I keep saying that there are certain games, like the last game, you know, the, the FA Cup game, which we lost to City, we are horrible in that game, right? And we deserve to lose. And that is a reflection of where we are as a football team right now. But today, actually, I think performance-wise, we played well. This was actually, an, in an attacking sense, this was probably a second-best game of the entire season. Uh, you know, any any metric, like we've been a team which, uh, like last week I said, right, like we're in the bottom half of almost every metric you can look at from an attacking point of view. Today was good. We had 20 shots, 10 of them on goal, which is, you know, a great, uh, um, you know, so, so, so there's, there's efficiency there. We created four big chances, which was which is a huge, huge change because Chelsea this season has been creating on an average 1.35 chances, big chances per game. Yeah. Uh, typically, a big side like a side like Man City, Liverpool, they create around three chances, big chances uh, a game on average. So we created four today, which was a positive, right? Mm-hmm. And we didn't really give Fulham a lot of chances. A couple of them is just that. They scored on every every one of those chances. Uh, so, which again comes back to what I've been saying, like we have become a very soft touch now. This reminds me of like the last month under Lampard where everything was, uh, we weren't conceding a lot of shots or chances, but everything we were conceding was turning out into a goal. Every cross was like throwing a grenade into the, into the six-yard box. Um, like the second goal that they scored today, Kepa, Kepa almost like he he dummies the ball. Like I've never seen that. Like <laughs> from from a goalkeeper, uh, it's usually the attacker trying to dummy the dummy the keeper. But Kepa almost like he goes for the ball and then hangs back and you know hopes for the best and uh, a certain lack of leadership too. Like this, there's not much communication between Thiago Silva and Chaloba. But those things kept happening and. Earlier on in the game, I think Joao Felix, the f- first let's start with you know, the fact that he actually started the game having just arrived yesterday. I thought that was a huge indictment of the forwards that are already at the club. Somebody like Siash, you know, who, um, who was on the bench. Uh, but we know that though. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have had him if your forwards were doing good. Yeah, but uh, they're so bad that the guy could just, just yeah. lands at Heathrow yesterday. He's yeah. not even gotten over his jet lag. <laughs> he, yeah, he has to play. But we're talking about Ziyech, who was a star at the World Cup. He was amazing at the World Cup. I mean, what like why is he so different in the playing for Morocco and for Chelsea? And we've seen him playing for Ajax Amsterdam. He was great for Ajax Amsterdam as well. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of these players. It's a combination of playing in the Premier League, uh, managers not using them in their best he's positions. Cross, he, he crosses. He's he, he's one of his biggest weapons. He's a great crosser. He's born to play in the Premier League. He tries those crosses in the Premier League too, but they're almost always met with the head. 
you, you possibly don't see that level of physical um, awareness in some of the other leagues. So, but Felix was great. And in fact, the way Felix, Mount and Havertz were playing, I was like, come on, this can be a great template because we are creating chances. We look like, you know, we're finally getting uh, enough players in those forward positions, something, you know, top clubs like Man City, um, uh, Arsenal, I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> something like these teams do that regularly these days, right? And unfortunately, one of the great chances fell to Lewis Hall, who he he has been so good for us since he's come on, but mm-hmm. he's missed some absolute golden chances in like the four to five games he's played. So he needs to definitely work on his finishing. Havertz missed a chance. Felix himself missed a chance. But it was like overall, it was going well. And then, you know, something out of almost nothing is a cross ball. Nobody meets it. And then William takes a shot, which is a very typical William shot, shooting straight at the keeper. But Chaloba, you know, he's not sharp enough. It goes not just through his legs. Because if it had gone through his legs, it's straight at Kepa, right? He would have caught it. But it takes a deflection, goes into a goal up. Um, so, you know, I... I called it in the group chat. Like this has a William masterclass written all over it, right? And it, it kind of happened. All um, those years of you bashing William, he heard you, and he's like, Neil. I mean, I mean, I'm that's what. You know. that, I mean, you know, even with us, he, that's how he got a lot of his goals: a lot of hard work and a lot of luck. So, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> you stay disrespectful. And but but you know, second half you get the goal, and it, it looks like finally, you know. Um, it, it, it we're getting some momentum into the game, and then Zachariah, who's been so critical for us uh, in the last uh, since we've come back from the World Cup, he goes down. He goes down with a knock, and then I, I immediately knew that like whatever we were battles we were winning in the middle of the field, like we don't have the physical presence anymore, so we're not gonna. Who did they replace him with? Jorginho. Jorginho. Jorginho, and then. Kulabali makes a pass, which is a little heavy, but then Felix, he doesn't need to go in for that, right? Like that's, yeah, that was a miscalculation and that's a, you know, that's obviously a clear red card. And hey man, it's like, hey like man, you it can't takes, catch a break. Hey man, it takes two. <laughs> that miscalculation <laughs> and a slide. Yeah, so. I feel, I feel like he didn't go in with the full, like, force. He was almost trying to pull out, but he was already committed by that point. And yeah. it, it was literally like, a tap. Yeah, yeah, like he didn't ball. like push through on it, but, yeah. but studs yeah, are up, he, high, he made so. studs are high. Yeah, it's high and you made contact. So. so he might as well just have went straight in then. Because if you're going to get the red, <laughs> take the play out. Like, if you're going to give me a red for pulling out, I'll take one for getting rid of the player too. Yeah. And so I feel like overall my conclusion from today was, I think Potter got most things right. Like you can't blame him. The fact is that he is still dealing with 10 or 11 players out. That's, that's a pretty decent eleven when you look at that. The, the players were out. Um, he is. He still put out a team that you know created a lot of chances today. Should have had the goals. Like the fact that we are missing chances at the top end is not really on him, right? Like the fact that Kepa did what he did on that second goal, and then Chaloba, you know, he that was pretty poor defending on the first goal. Those are like individual mistakes. So, but. Overall, when you're in this run of one win in 10 games, yeah, you're going to get sacked. 
you're gonna get set. I will be shocked if the if the sun comes out tomorrow morning and Grand Potter is still is still major for Chelsea Football Club. Damn. So, uh, well, Martin is jet lagged, but he joined just to enjoy your misery. <laughs> so, what you got on this, Martin? Well, here's the thing. Uh, when Why I is Martin to... jet lagged? Like you, it's been a while since you've been there. <laughs> Jean Felix arrived in Chelsea and he's about I came back yesterday from, from Europe. Oh, okay. I thought you were still there. No, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. Um, I, I was in Europe. But uh, but I'll tell right. I'll tell you I'll tell you what. When I was watching with Ian the World Cup final, I was pretty convinced it will be the best uh, football game I'm gonna see in a while. But then the game today happened and I had to change my mind. That's the best. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> the William, the, it, had, it was like a perfect Hollywood film. It had everything. It had the William, uh, the William um, uh, factor and the fact that he's your favorite player for years and, and he's scoring the first goal. It's almost like a, like a Hollywood uh, screenplay. And then the Joe Felix, another big signing, and he gets the red card. Yeah, it, it looks like everything goes wrong for Chelsea at the moment. And uh, listen, you know, it's 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 been a, a nightmare of a season for Chelsea and and and, and for Potter. He, he's not Harry Potter of the Premier League. Uh, clearly, he's not pulling magic tricks, and and it, it's it's very embarrassing. But I'll tell you, I have to ask you this, you know, and and quite seriously, because you know, jokes aside, I will, I'll go I'll, I'll get back to jokes in in a second. <laughs> Let me ask you this: How much you think the fact that it's not Abramovich but Belly in charge of the football club is sinking that football club? How much that actually affects Chelsea more than the fact that uh, uh, Graham Potter is the manager, not the not Tuchel? That's because I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's Abramovich. No, I agree completely. Something has yeah, changed. It was the most stupid decision I've ever seen. Like I think it's unparalleled in the history of. At least modern club football, that kind of sacking. Like we've seen some shocking sackings, right? But to sack a manager that you've backed in the window to a to the tune of don't forget, this was the second largest money spent in a single transfer window, not just the Premier League, all time anywhere. Uh, just after the Real Madrid, the window where they bought Hazard and Jovic uh, and all those players. Uh, so this was. A historically high transfer window, where you went in and you backed the manager and you sacked the manager one one day after the transfer window closed. So, I mean, the sheer magnitude of that stupidity, like it's it's insane, right? Yeah, but having said that, what, what was Abramovich? Was it Abramovich also known for making madcap managerial sackings too? Like maybe there was a little more method to the madness, but you know, it was trending in that same direction. So. No, no, no. But my question is, how much do you think you're worse as a football club since Abramovich was replaced by Belly? How much does it affect, you know, uh, Chelsea uh, that you that's your owner right now? And I'm finishing in the top four to be in 10th right now. Are no, we, we, are, we are worse in the sense that we don't have, we used to have a top class manager. We don't have one anymore. So, so you if, don't think if, that owner, the owner, that's because of the new owner that the Chelsea is not going the right direction? No, I do think so, but only to the, to the extent that he, was the guy who sat Tuchel. If he hadn't sat Tuchel and everything else stayed the same, I would. there's absolutely no difference. I would actually say Bodhi has been a positive change for Chelsea because they, after years and years, like people like me, fans like me, have been crying out for, you know, having processes in place, having good backroom stuff. I think he's finally doing that. 
but he spoils every he spoils every other thing that he did because a manager of the football club is probably the single most important person at the club, and he's completely fumbled the ball on that. And Martin, to ask a question, you're ignoring all the injuries. Like they have a monumental. It, you can't. You can't. But also, just about <clears> today's game. Even though Chelsea was good in a lot of those metrics that you mentioned and XG, they still have the same problem that they finishing, had yeah. since Lampard. It's yeah. finishing, and it's yeah. like you, you guys cannot finish. Jal Felix yeah. was bright today; he was electric mm-hmm. today. And I, when I watched him play today, I was like, "Oh, they bought a player from one of the few teams in La Liga that plays like a Premier League team." <laughs> so this guy will actually fit in because Atletico Madrid plays like a Premier League team in La Liga. They've won La Liga playing like that. So they're actually like he's actually has more experience playing in the Premier League than he doesn't coming here the first day. Like and he did like win some 50-50s and showed a lot of physical determination and his Atletico Madridness actually got him taken off the field. Plus he's trying to like show the fans I'm here for you. It's not just about this loan. And I think he's also playing hard enough. He tried to play good enough to like get the complete transfer in one game because he does not want to go back to. Yeah, I think a lot of fans are saying sign him up now. Like, we don't care. We don't care. Yeah. There's, there's, no op- there's, there's no option. There's there's no option to buy though. Yeah. He just yeah. signed a contract extension till like 2027 or something crazy. Yeah. But I don't know but if that might that- just be Atletico making sure if he does go, they yeah. get an even bigger. Uh, I think that's transfer fee. Yeah, yeah, because even the board is in Atletico talked about selling him. He's he's for sale. It's like a known thing. That's why this loan is but, possible. Like, but but also not- I think there are certain variables, right? Hasn't Simeone also announced that he's leaving Atletico Madrid at the end of the season? So really? there's going to be a new manager. Yeah, I think he announced that, or the club announced that somewhere. So there's going to be a new manager, right? And Simeone and Felix apparently didn't get along. So who knows? Like things might change there too. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. so All right. Uh, let's let's move. But but you know one more thing on the whole Abramovich versus Boli thing. Like I actually place a lot of blame on like the last. So one thing really happened, like, you know, Tuchel, of course, he was, he had issues at the top end of the pitch, right? But one thing he had absolutely perfected was the back. He had absolutely made sure that Chelsea is a very tough team to beat and break down. Now, what caused that to change was that we had to let go of Rudik and Christensen. And that was such a monumental uh, event that happened. And that is completely on Abramovich. Like, that was completely Abramovich and the people who he hired and appointed and trusted completely dropping the ball and playing hardball when you didn't need to and call, you know making sure that we don't that those players are not any here anymore i just want to i just want to take credit for bringing that up the other day when i gave the laundry list of chelsea's problems <laughs> and that's like those those are injuries you can't come back from like they're gone forever yeah 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 so it's a part of like everything from back then like all the right mistakes were made for graham potter to fail right now Perfect. So I don't I don't really miss Abramovich. I miss Tugel and Bolish to blame for that. So that's the only way I can put it. <laughs> do you think oh, okay. Potter can turn it around? Do you think Potter can do a better job in the future? No. He's fat. Like I will be absolutely amazed if he still has the job. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what I think if he I want him to stay. He's doing great. No, 
<laughs> okay, so here's the thing: the if you come down to actual uh, logistics, right? The financials of paying out the Potter is huge. It's insane. Bolly again, another stupid thing that he did. Like he gave him like something insane, like a six-year contract or something like that. So it's uh, so that might be the only thing that keeps him in the job. That it's too costly to get rid of it. But why? Wh- but why did he do so good at Brighton and he's not doing good at Chelsea? Like, what do you think has changed? I mean, Chelsea Chelsea are, isn't it? Two, two, two different, uh, you know, two completely different uh, uh, jobs, two no, completely different set of requirements. You think it's tactically, or he, the, the players just don't listen to themselves? Also, also, you know, I think a lot of what we remember about Potter at Brighton is the second half of Potter at Brighton, right? Like he he had a slow start at Brighton too, and yeah. he was kind of set up to fail here. Because the circumstances of Tuchel's sacking and the fact that he had to take in a, he he spent all of summer thinking of completely different team and different players, right? He had no clue that this was going to be his job. So the you know the, he didn't get the job in the best of circumstances. So yeah. Also, it's it's well, a bit of a weird like right. mishmash of a squad as well, and the injuries haven't helped with that in terms of like you look at the amount of money they spent on Fofana. Uh, from Leicester and then the amount of money they spent on Koulibaly obviously Fofana got injured Koulibaly hasn't really adapted to English football as easily as I thought he would Um, and some of those players like they and all that money spent they've just never signed I think Abemiang is the closest thing they've signed to a number nine and that was at the whim of of Tuchel because it was uh, oh here's my ex-player so they they brought him in he played one was it one game two games maybe and then 60 minutes to be precise yeah, against, minutes. against Dinamo Zagreb, and then yeah. Tuchel was gone. So, yeah, it's just it's a squad functioning without a real number nine. Bo, uh, Broya could have been the nearest thing to that, but then he got injured, and he wasn't really quite ready for that role as a anyway. starter, anyway. So, um, I mean, yeah, just a real mishmash of a squad. There's players. There's, there's some dead. Yeah, there's some dead wood. There's some good players there, but they're injured. I think. I think Chelsea come out of this as an elite club eventually again, but it won't be this season. It might not even be the beginning of next season. Um, I think all the foundations are there, especially with all the work being done to assemble all these staff off the field, um, you know, the recruitment team and the technical team and things like that. So it could come to fruition, whether or not that's with Potter in charge, I don't know, but they signed um, uh, one of his guys from Brighton Um as well to lead up the recruitment side of things. So there is that. So he's got, he's got some allies at the club um, and Chelsea, I think have said they'll stick by him, but the problem is with every loss that becomes harder and harder. Um, And it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I think he could do well there in the long run, but if, if the short term keeps going badly, then he's not giving himself much of a chance. And especially guys, all right, guys, we're, we're just only because I got to go soon. Sure. So I just want to talk about the two derbies. That's coming. Yeah. The two major derbies. It's like normally there's one big match that's a marquee for the weekend. This time it's the Manchester derby, City versus United. And United are on a good run. The last time we played Man City, it was not good. We won 6-3. And we weren't as, as assembled or as a team right now. I actually think that loss kind of helped us. So we're on a good run. We've won four out of our last five. I think Man City has 
won three out of their last five, had one draw and one loss. Like Casemiro is finally entrenched and in place as like, we have a central, we have a midfield that we didn't have before. And this is going to be our biggest task or game since we lost to Man City uh, however many games ago. Uh, one of the things that gives me confidence is that we're playing at home. But one of mm-hmm. the things that makes me lose confidence is that we're playing Man City. And uh, there's the psychological ass-whooping that we got to get over and how we approach that uh, that last ass-whooping. Do we try to get like movie revenge? Like, you killed my wife and it's mm-hmm. on now and we will hunt you down until the last man. You know, do we go John Wick on them? Do we go in there with like, I don't care what happens to me. Let's get them John Wick style. Or will, you know, a lot of things could happen in the game. Uh, Another thing that does give me confidence also is that uh, I feel like our coach, Ten Hag, is more practical or pragmatic than than, uh, Pep. Like Pep is going to try to play and win the same way all the time. He might make some changes to his lineup and change shape here and there, but it's always towards the same end goal. And I think with Ten Hag, he's like, we're at home. I want to get this win in front of these fans. So there might be, depending on if we go ahead or even how he starts the game, I don't think he'll mind being a little defensive just to get the win and counterattack them. Or he might just press and try to get them that way. Uh, we got uh, the new Dutch guy. I think he's there, but I'm not sure. I think he has to be registered by tomorrow to be available. And we still don't know if he's just going to be in a squad. But what do you guys think is Manchester United's chances against Man City, who's Lee's team pissed off <laughs> midweek I, by knocking him out of the quarterfinals? I think you've got a better chance... Um than you did in the uh, in the first game against them for sure because mm. I think you're coming into this in in great form in great confidence you look really cohesive as a team now um, like the players fully understand how they're being asked to play the relationships all across the field have been getting stronger and stronger with every game um, you've got players that are in the form of their life um, as well like Rashford is is balling out at the moment he's scoring goals creating goals doing everything um, Casemiro is fully acclimated to the league now and he's showing everyone fully activated yeah he, he's showing everyone what a, what a world-class player he is and you didn't have him in that state you didn't have him in that state last time you played city and that midfield battle is going to be so crucial so if you've got him on form in there uh bruno's playing really well at the moment as well you've got a back four that are, that are, that are keeping clean it'd be interesting to see who he picks as the back four that's what i'm really interested to see this one um, does he stick with Dalot? Does he put Wan Bissaka in for his defensive abilities? Does he play Luke Shaw left back or does he play Luke Shaw centre back? Because um, Maguire is obviously out of favour right now. Varane obviously um, will, be, Varane, will be playing if he's. And if Varane and Martinez are healthy, yeah, it, it's going to be them. And if Dalot yeah. was taken out of the last league game with an injury, they say it was a precautionary. A substitution. So if he's fighting, he'll start and show will be on the side for sure. That unless there's yeah. something, just to answer that. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. Um, I forgot about Martinez and the fact that he's back now as well. So um, 
yeah, it's 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 an interesting game, and I think you've got a chance. Um, like you say, City will be pissed off. They're going to have their strongest <laughs> team out, um, and you know when they're on it, they're on it. But they're ropey at the back at the moment. I think their best defender this season so far has been John Stones, and he's injured now. Um, I mean, the players they had there at the back against us were woeful. They played Carl Walker centre back, and he was terrible. Cancelo was playing in his regular position at fullback and was terrible. Um, Gomez, uh, who I, I liked since he's been at sea, he had a terrible game. Um, so the confidence is all over the place, and they didn't get much better when you know Akanji and uh, Ake were on. So Ake's been having a good season as well, though. So mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see who they start with, whether they throw the kid um, who they've been playing in as well, um, the young fullback who said some games. I can't remember his name now. Rico something, the young British kid. Um, I know but- something, Lewis. Rico Lewis, Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's been nice. Um, yeah. So he, I mean, the way Cancelo's playing at the moment and the way Walker's playing at the moment, he might be ahead of them for this game. But Pep likes to make those bold calls sometimes. So, yeah. I Pep mean, ruined, I, it's, it's, Pep ruined Cancelo because he's <laughs> got his mind confused whether he's a, a right back or a right wing forward because he's like, he plays, he plays him on the left as well sometimes. On, on, and on the left. So he's like, I think he's confused right now. So good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the, the the result, I can't call it right now because the way United are playing at the moment um, and the way United are playing at home, like they've turned Old Trafford into a place to be feared again. Um, there's a swagger about them right now, but when City are on it, they're on it. And if Haaland's in the mood, then if De Bruyne is in the mood, then you've got a problem. But I mean, I mean, I don't know where City's heads are at after, uh, after what happened during the week. So... Yeah, anything can happen. I, I can't call it. Wait, what do you think, Neil? And then we get to you, Martin. Because we're going to go from your response to the London. I, I think United, this is the kind of rebuild United has. It's been pending at United for a very long time. Like you've got the combination of a com- competent manager who's not, you know, like in some, some of your previous cases, not past this prime. He's still kind of like, either at his prime or like building towards his prime. So, you know, the ambition is there and he's got a bunch of players now. He's he's taken some hard calls, gotten rid of some of the, like Ronaldo, for example, like gotten rid of some of the players that were not, even though they have done good stuff for, the, for United in the last season, didn't completely fit his plans. And he's gotten new players in both young players and experienced players revitalize some of the old uh, some of the players who you know were not really pulling any uh, you know not really doing any great things uh, at United all these years. Like Rashford's revival has been uh, really good to see. Um, the fact that I I also felt like uh, you know the summer that Casemiro was your best most it was going to be your most important signing and it's kind of turned out to be that way because you always had that middle of the park problem um, and Casemiro you know right now it feels like it's absolutely smooth right now so uh, the forwards play with a lot more freedom Casemiro himself like he links up a lot more um, in, in attack so. Yeah, I feel like City and with with Man City, unlike some of the previous seasons, they are very much behind the eight ball right now. Like even against us, you saw like 
uh, the last league game they won but it wasn't easy for them like uh, it could have gone either way they they had a really poor first half unfortunately for us we couldn't capitalize on that fact i think united if city start poorly united can easily capitalize on that and make a big statement in that first half so yeah it'll, it'll be an interesting game to see i i think city players like they've probably not been used to this kind of you know uh this kind of situation on the points table this at this stage of the season um so and especially lee's guys did you guys a favor the pressure is yeah. even more on them right now and they like you just mentioned the points they really need they can't drop they points. can't drop points because that's not dropping, dropping points, points. Right. Yeah, I mean they drew to Everton, didn't they? Um yeah. not long ago, they got beat by Brentford just before the the World Cup as well. Like yeah, there's there's yeah. been some bad results there. Yeah, so this is like this is a must win. It's not just a derby for Man City, it's a must win. Like it's a bonus for us, but this is like the title is on the line for them. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens and you know, like I I think I I want to make sure I made my point when I said one of our advantages is Ten Hag is more pragmatic like at this certain mm-hmm. point in the game if we're ahead he won't mind getting defensive to salvage a point the three points or the draw he's he's adaptable like pep if they're winning they'll keep to keep try to keep winning more and that might hurt them but we'll see martin what do you think about this so so i went to uh, poland and germany last last two weeks and i uh, usually when i when i'm in europe i visit a friend of mine uh hirek who is a diehard menu fan and he's a he's a dj in, in, in like a radio good guy. i don't know him, but good like guy. diehard diehard menu fan for like 30 years love him never met him love uh, <laughs> so so even if we you know uh, we always eat dinner he prepares at his place he, even if we see each other once once a year uh it was the day when menu played so he forced me to watch the game against everton i haven't seen menu in a while and i was actually impressed i think rashford is in an, an amazing form right now and i i i start seeing like why every single menu fan i know in my life uh, kind of likes ten hag like i haven't heard one guy saying that it was that that's that ten hag is is not the right uh, manager for menu and now i kind of start seeing why and and i think you have a pretty good chance although i wouldn't overestimate uh the fact that man city lost to southampton i don't think that matters really for that particular game it can actually get them even more focused and more angry uh so i wouldn't say that that that's bad for man city in terms of them playing united actually it's good because it makes them uh more hungry they were a little bit com- that's, that's what we were saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So and plus I I don't think Guardiola really cared about that that particular cup as much you know I think he he understands he smells blood he understands that Arsenal have uh, some major injuries and they don't have uh, that big of a squad and there is a chance uh plus Arsenal always loses at Tottenham every single year they they beat us at home and they lose at our place so I'm pretty confident we'll beat them and if City wins against United the game is on for the title. So yeah, I mean I it's, it's, it's I mean it's on regardless. So let's talk about Arsenal versus Tottenham this weekend. It's at Tottenham and like you say you guys no matter what's going on with your season most of the time you guys exchange a yep. win each season. Yep. But could this this be one of those seasons cuz I've seen 
a lot of of games with uh, with Spurs at home against even lesser teams, and they've lost to some of these teams or dropped points to some of these teams. And I know a derby is different. Like this is a special derby. This is a special it's, it's it's different. So so like, like Harry Kane and Harry Kane and is that me? Harry Kane and them should like put up a better fight than they have in some of the disappointing performances that they've had this season. But this is an Arsenal with now they just have this level of ability and determination that I don't think even at home Spurs can overcome, especially the way Spurs has been like playing all season and especially since this is a derby. So I'm going to go with Arsenal because Man United cannot catch them at the top of the table. They, that what, what they're doing up there, that's theirs. But it would help us if they slow you guys down. So, But I also believe they could beat Spurs at home this time and that they really want to more than even probably, not more than the title, but just now they believe the title, they want to do two things a season beat Spurs twice, and win the title. And they would love to do that. So what do you think, Martin? No, I don't think, I don't think they can. I think the Gabriel Jesus injury is a, is a major blow. I think that's a game changer. And uh, I've, I, I've seen some good, uh, good signs from the last game and uh, some bad signs from Arsenal from their last game against Newcastle. Uh, it looks like they'll have problems scoring um, moving forward. And, um, and, and their squad, squad is thin. I have a bunch of Arsenal fans in my life, really good friends. And uh, even, you know, one guy who is uh, always very optimistic about Arsenal, even in the most uh, ridiculous circumstances, he believes Arsenal <laughs> will, will be top four and when they were finishing ninth. He's worried. He says, we, we don't have enough players. Uh, we might not win the title because of that. But they do uh, for this game. No, they don't have Gabriel Jesus. I think Gabriel Jesus was was the guy who made a difference in the first game uh, the, those two teams played. And um, I'm pretty confident uh, it could be a vintage hurricane performance. I think he can score a hat-trick in this game. I, I, I have a feeling he 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 showed he sh- in the last game that he is very angry and uh, he's very angry after the way World Cup has ended for him. And he will have a great run for the remainder of the season. And I think he'll score, he'll score two or three goals in this game. Yeah. Two or three. All right. Neil, what do you think? And then we'll end with uh, Lee. Is Martin delusional? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think on a scale of one to Martin, Martin's less delusional right now. Right. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so, but I wanted no. to just throw the delusional out there. No, I think I think you know they do they're doing what they're um it's just not turning out into that great uh, ambitious story that, that everyone thought when when Conte came in. But um I think based on where Spurs were at the at the time he was appointed, I think they've they've done really well and they've they've taken an incremental step from there, and that's really what you want from any manager that you that you push the team forward. We always knew it wasn't going to be easy to push Spurs all the way to like you know competing for the title or something like that. I think if if anybody thought that 
which is uh, my my biggest shock was like how did conte think that was going to be possible like he, he should have known better but you know having said that he i think he's doing a, he's doing a pretty good job i think spurs are really nicely placed in that top four uh, race even though it's not going to be easy with newcastle uh, i mean they're out of it right now they're fifth yeah but i i think they're since they as long as they can they can keep kane fit they within range they within range. yeah yeah they within range so they, you don't need to panic right now unless it's the la- as long as you're within that 5 6 points gap um going into the last two uh, months of the of of the season i think you're doing fine so yeah i i don't think things are going to dramatically change they've they've not played amazing football but they've played the kind of football conte is kind of known for um you just have to hope that they keep their heads above water because the moment things go a little bad we've seen what conte can turn into so that's their biggest challenge to save the club from conte <laughs> so there yeah. and lee what do you think about this monumental game coming up this weekend um you know i mean everyone loves an underdog story um but not in this case i mean spurs are huge underdogs huge huge underdogs for this one i know previously they have a good record against arsenal at home but this Ars- this is this will be the true test if this is a different arsenal or not um i think martin was hugely disrespectful uh with his jesus statement ignoring the fact that odegaard has maybe been one of the best players in the premier league this season um for I me know. he's the one he, he he's he's the one that's making them tick um not jesus jesus was playing a very good role for the team he was leading the the press well he was getting assists and he was bringing people into play he was he was if like performing very well in that team but i think the fact that they've not missed him as much as people thought they would is down to the fact that they have just such creative quality and you know and catchers doing the best he can it'll be interesting to see if he starts um in this game i think they will i think they're putting trust in him um he got some confidence in the fa cup as well with some goals at the weekend so i think it's i think it's this is the test for arsenal now so like if you want to win the league you need to go and win a game like this if they lose this i think it could knock their confidence and cause a crumble we've seen that happen with them in the past so now it's you know this is the question this weekend it's like arsenal have you got the balls to win this title um and this game will be huge in that i think they i think they do though because i think you know like i say odegaard's on a different level this season saka's in great form martinelli is up for this game as well um if their midfield is fit and they've got partey and zaka in there i think that um mm. that's where the game will be won because i think those two will just outplay um the spurs midfield to be honest and it depends how conte approaches this as well because if he just sits in and invites the pressure which he's done in the big games this season i think arsenal have got the quality to pick him off um and find those chances and score so i imagine towards arsenal um i hope they can do it like i say it's it, it's the, it's the mentality test for them now though as to whether they can go and win a game like this because the minimum spurs will do that conte will do is have them up for the fight um in this game uh, i don't think spurs have the quality to win the game but if they have more heart than arsenal then they could uh but if arsenal have got the heart to match tottenham then they've got more skill they've got more ability they've got more game changers in their team so they'll be the ones who win it but only if their mentality is right that's that's what will will lose arsenal this game um will be their mentality so it's it's a big test for them have they have they learned have they grown from those previous years um yeah 
Good and I feel like Arsenal, let me just say one more. I feel like Arsenal haven't had uh, any mentality drop in any of their games when their full squad plays this season. And Martin said, what about Newcastle? Newcastle is a really good team. It, that, that's, that result is a legit result. That's not a blip. That's Newcastle. Mm. You try beat Newcastle, good luck. Like, like we drew with them. And, and I think Liverpool did. And I don't think Man City, I got to go back and check. Liverpool's, Newcastle is legit. So yeah, they beat Spurs at White Hart Lane. Yeah. So dropping points to them is no shame at home. That's just Newcastle. So that, you can't just look at that result and be like, what about Newcastle? Any, any last words on this Arsenal thing, Martin? Yeah, I don't believe in Arsenal. I think the only chance for them is that you guys beat City. Uh, I, I, I don't see uh, them getting uh, 100%. They're not getting three points that, that I can sign, uh, sign, sign a <laughs> statement and put all my, all my savings in it. Uh, and uh, maybe, maybe they can get a draw, but I don't think so. I think, I think we're going to win because of the hurricane. I have a feeling Harry Kane is up for the big game. I feel like he'll, he'll score a lot of goals for the rest of the season. I think uh, what he showed in the previous game, if he didn't have a game like that, I would have thought uh, maybe the missed penalty uh, shrinks him as a player. But now I see a guy who's trying to prove something, that he has a chip on his shoulder. And I think he's going he's gonna to have a fantastic rest of the season because of that, because the fight he's showing right now as a player. I think... That's almost like a wake-up call for him that this is, this is the time for him to, to get to the next level, you know? Right. I mean, you're not wrong. Like, Harry Kane, you can't sleep on Harry Kane. And I think what Conte needs to do is get his formula of defending and counter-attacking right. And you can't, in this game, like Lee was suggesting, a mistake that Spurs make is we're only going to play one half of each 90 minutes and it's the second half, or else Arsenal will score a ton of goals, more than Spurs will be able to come back from. So it's going to be interesting. We don't know what's going to happen, but uh, we just hope for some exciting games this weekend. I got to bounce because I'm in Austin, and I, I got to go do some shows, but thank you all for coming on. Martin, thanks. You. thanks. For, is there anything else you want to say to Neil anymore? Last, you know things you want to get in like uh or are you good yeah. did you get it all out the magic keep the magic on keep <laughs> harry potter's magic on oh boy <laughs> that it is a dance coming guys zizu's coming <laughs> oh boy <laughs> all right y'all thanks for listening uh like and subscribe leave a review at at i don't even know what spotify does reviews but at itunes and uh and uh, you know, ask some questions and tell us what you think uh, under YouTube, under the video on YouTube. All right, y'all. One. I have to. I have to. I have to say. I have to say that one magic trick particular.